I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us. It helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, pastor, and writer in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is the T.J. Wilson Businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We are talking about the eights. Yeah. So we better just get right to it. Seriously. What do you like about eights? Uh, I like that they take charge and I can just grab on and let them drive. It's, it's true. great. You got this. It's awesome. I'm going to follow where you're yep. going. Yep. You don't need anything from me. You're just going to do your thing and I'll just follow in your wake. It's awesome. I love, I say this about a lot of the numbers, but the intelligence of eights, I routinely appreciate. Mm -hmm. It is a action-oriented, we're going to get this done, yep. focus that just brings such joy. Yeah. Uh, I also, so we all have both wings. There's a theory that nines utilize their two wings more than other types. Oh, so, like, I have the eight wing. I lean more towards my one wing most of the time. Whatever. Wings aren't as important as most people think they are. But one of the things that I also really, 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 really like about the eights in my life mm -hmm. is that they're always the one that's willing to say the thing that I'm thinking that I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I. It's just, I want it to be said. I don't want to be the one to say it because then I look like the jerk and the eights don't care. They'll say it anyway. I love that. <laughs> You're good. feeling repressed. Run this guy over. Yep. It's great. <laughs> Perfect. I'll pick up the pieces. You just need to say it out loud. <laughs> the... Enneagram, as we have said in the past, is about the goal of human life, and that goal is joy. Mm -hmm. And today, we're going to talk about what the road to joy looks like for the eights. And one of the things, in order to set up this whole series on the basics of each type, which has not been so basic. Not not so basic. It's it's good. It's, it's thorough basics. How about that? Thorough basics is a good way. Yeah. Is that uh, we steal this from Dahl Miller, who says, every story... Is about a character who wants something and overcomes an obstacle to get it. And for the eights, they want something. And we're going to talk about this. It's their desire to not be controlled. And they need to overcome something, some obstacle in their life to get the joy they desire. And that's their shadow side. And so that's where our podcast is going today. We're going to yep. talk about the story of eights and their road to joy. That's great. Um, so we're going to do two dozen or so truths about the eights starting with uh, their names we don't Great. just call them the eights yeah uh, where are some descriptions of eights so uh some names that we see out there uh the protector uh we like the rock um we actually so we see challenger out there a lot and we actually really like the protective challenger it's a both sort of a, kind of thing a going healthier 
name for good eights. They have a motive. Mm-hmm. What's the motive of an eight? Yeah, their motive is to uh, to be strong or to not be vulnerable, I think is a better way of saying that, and to not be controlled. Oftentimes, there is a misperception, I think, yeah. around eights that yeah. they want to be in mm-hmm. control, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah, so the that for eights, their desire is to not be controlled, to not be vulnerable, to not be weak to other people. And a lot of times that comes out as a controlling posture, but it is not their, their desire is not to be in control. It's to not be controlled. This moves into their intelligence center. The intelligence center is how we perceive the world. Eights are a body type, right? All the body types want autonomy. Yeah. And this seems to me to be the overlap between their desire and their intelligence center Mm -hmm. is it's not about being in control. It's that they want autonomy and are very aggressive about that autonomy. Right. So talk about uh, the the body types. Yeah. So uh, we've we've already hit all of the heart and head types and we started with one. So we've talked about the body a little bit, but um, this brings us back into that body center. This is also called the gut center or the intuitive center. And this is about processing information, taking in the world through our body, through our gut instincts, through... Um, the way that we feel the energy around us, uh, the way that um, our gut speaks to us about, like like you talk about gut instincts, eights, nines, and ones all are very aware of gut instincts. The way that I see eights getting a sense of the world around them is to be very outgoing with their energy, mm-hmm. creating boundaries that are quite clear. Yeah so that they can navigate the world. Yeah. And that would be the intuitional side. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to unleash my energy outward mm-hmm. so that I can get a read right. of everything around me, and that's how I navigate the world. Sort of like sonar. It is. Yeah, right? but energy, not sound. Are you saying that eights are like bats? Sort of. And so or dolphins. Eights? <laughs> I'll just I was say dolphins. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. <laughs> Don't at me, eights. I was going to say that eights are Batman. It was going to lead to Oh, this yeah. That would have been way better. I think dolphins is funnier. Dolphin. Eights are like Aquaman. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Probably it's true. The ability to in, uh, perceive the world through your intuitions mm-hmm. is where they feel comfortable, and that's why the energy going outward, that's how that works. Right. I'm going to be strong, present, Physically aware helps you navigate the world. Yep. Where one now with each of the body types, uh, the underlying feeling of these types is anger. Mm-hmm. For head triad, it's shame, and for thinking triad, it's fear. But for eights, nines, and ones, the underlying feeling is anger. Yeah. For ones, their anger goes inward. For nines, that anger is repressed. Talk about eights and anger. Well, that anger is very much out there. Um, and they, they express that anger outwards. And um, it's really interesting with eights because their expression of anger is incredibly momentary. So, so they will let that anger, when it comes into them, they immediately let it out and then it's gone. That goes alongside their orientation to time with the, their body triad because they are 
present focused right. in their bodies. Right. Um, but they're future focused in their stance. They are. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, we could talk about how the overlap of uh, orientation to time and stance. And well, uh, we'll talk about this more once we get to that stance place. But, but being future focused, they're sort of always looking at where they're going. But being in the body, they're very aware of where they're at now. Yep. And so it's it's um, that that anger is about solving the problem now so that we can move forward. Yeah. I've heard this. I would love your thoughts on this, that eights, nines, and ones, it's not just that they are present, but they're resistant to the present. Sure. For ones, there is something wrong with the world that I want to resist now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works for nines and eights. Do you have thoughts on this? Um nines it's it's about repressing the present in a way like going to sleep to it sure i don't want to deal with what's happening right now i'm going to go to sleep it's how i'm going to get control yeah 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 and for eights it's about moving on there it is from the present yeah 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 so there's a high side and a low side to that Mm -hmm. like because that can be a great move right um and sometimes it can be unhealthy Mm -hmm. the Eights are on the line. If you were to look at the Enneagram circle, you would see that they ride that line between the body triad and the head triad. Mm -hmm. So their intelligence center is their gut, but their secondary center is their head. Yeah. So that means that the eights intuit their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Or act on their thoughts. Act on their thoughts. That's another way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. And then they are feeling repressed. So their third center is their heart and that's where their repression comes in Mm -hmm. and that leads us to stance. Yeah, that brings us into that stance place, that demanding or aggressive stance with threes, sevens. Uh, So they are the most clearly sort of quote-unquote aggressive uh, and that that feeling repressed place means that, that they can be bulldozers. It means that they very visibly do not understand how their behavior affects other people. Uh, this is very clear to see with eights. They, they can upset others and not understand why. They don't understand what happened, why another person would get upset by the things that they're saying. Um, and a lot of that has to do with their devotion to authenticity and truth um, because they're just saying what's true. Why would you be upset about the truth? Um, they're not trying to be mean. They're just telling you the truth. Um, and so they they don't understand that feeling space. And, and that comes from being out of touch with their own feelings. Yeah. So they are, uh, that, that desire to be strong is more clearly said as a desire to not appear vulnerable. And so in that space of protecting themselves, protecting the vulnerable places inside of themselves, they've actually sort of walled that off. And so they're out of touch with their own emotions because in a way they see their emotions as weakness. Ooh. That's a good one. I was, I was again thinking you're creating the walls so that you can to it whether or not there's a problem or, you know, a danger out there that you need to be protected from. Talk about that in weakness, eights and weakness there. Well, it's um, in order to not be controlled, you cannot let anyone else have leverage over you. 
you cannot let and you cannot expose the places where someone else might take advantage. And that means that you can't be weak. Mm-hmm. And so you you build up protections around yourself. You build up ways of making sure that your vulnerabilities cannot be seen by others. And from there, like you you essentially detach from your own feelings. Because this is this is protection. This is this is how you stay safe. This is how you stay in control by making sure that you can't be taken advantage of. Yeah. If you We're, wall off your feelings, then and we'll talk more about that when we get to the harmony triad in mm-hmm. terms of their um, how they connect with the world. Yeah. Uh, it's a both and. We said this with sevens as well. The feeling repression is a both and. It's both repressing one's own feelings to get what you want. It's also being feeling repressed in terms of the feelings of others. Mm -hmm. If you're striving for control and autonomy, oftentimes the negative side for eights is they can step on others in order to get that control that they desire. Yep. Um, Coping style. How do, how do uh, eights solve problems? Well, uh, eights are part of the emotional response triad, which gets a little interesting because we just talked about how they are feeling repressed but for eights, because they are thinking so quickly, like they think, oh my gosh, eights think and make decisions and decide on action so, 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 so quickly. They want to solve the part that they are detached from as quickly as possible so that they can move on. Mm. So, so I think this is, this has a lot to do with the, like that emotional response has a lot to do with that feeling repression. I think they're tied together. So the, all of the other parts of solving the problem, they've already figured all of that out. The thing that they need to do now is solve the emotional space between you and me. Yep. Because they're part of the body triad, a lot of times that comes across as anger with Mm -hmm. other people when solving problems right that's how they get control again right and test boundaries yep yeah and yeah and and protect themselves it kind of it's all a big package right once you get uh once you start going here what's taking place in those emotional engagements is as we said before it's it's that radar it's I need to know where I stand in this mm-hmm. place of difficulty. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to unleash emotionally, which often comes out as anger, right. in order to gain my bearings and get back to that place where I feel like I have control. Right. And a, a good important thing to note for all people who are in relationship with eights is once you have that conversation, it is now over for the eights. Like, they do not stay in that place. They have their outburst, you have the conversation, and now they have moved on. So you don't have to worry about continually returning to the same issues with, with a lot of AIDS because, because they're, they're done with it now. They've, they've fixed the thing, they've solved the problem, and they're ready to move on now. Yeah. Moves into the last of the triads that we're talking through, which is the Harmony Triad. Uh, AIDS are relationists. Uh, you want to talk about relationists? Yeah. Um, so this is more about how things and people relate to other things and people. Mm-hmm. So sort of the way I think of this is like how how do these puzzle pieces fit together? How are they related to one another? 
Um, so, so this is like, how do we connect? How do we get affection from others? How do we interact with other people? This has a lot to do with for the eights. It's how, like what connects us? What, what, how are we related to each other? Is it by blood? Is it by common values? Is it by a, a, a work that we're doing together? How, how are these things related? Let's talk about this for a second. This is the hardest, this has become the hardest of the triads for me to understand sure. with Harmony Group. Relationists are about, I read in, uh, the main guy on this is Dr. David Daniels, who's a Stanford professor. He wants to say that it's about provision. Mm -hmm. Twos, fives, and eights all connect with the world through what they provide. Sure. So twos are providing service. Uh -huh. Fives are going to provide insights. Uh -huh. And what eights provide in order to connect with the world, show affection, gain affection, is strength and protection. Great. And that seemed to me, that was at least a through line that I was like, oh, okay, I see how you're getting Sure, that. yeah. What's interesting then is the negative side. Harmony is the positive. Affect group is the negative spin on this. Mm -hmm. Twos, fives, and eights all shut down or repress their inner life in order to get the thing they want. Right. So eights are going to refuse to, say, open up their hearts mm -hmm. in order to gain the control they seek. Right. Um, you want to talk about repression? Well, um, I think that's like that's all over what the eight is all about and, and that sort of walling off your your feeling space, walling off your, your vulnerabilities in order to make sure that nobody can take advantage of them is it's the same thing as that, that repression. It's, it's shutting down your inner life in order to be strong, in order to gain control or to not be controlled. And, 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 and I think this is also like in the same way as like how things are related to one another, like eights are trying to figure out who has the power. And and that's part of what testing the boundaries is. That's that's why eights pushed. That's that's part of their anger expression as well. That who has the power? Who is who is in charge in this space? And are they going to do what needs to be done, or am I going to be taken advantage of? Yeah, there is an image that really helps me, especially many of you will know. I, my my oldest is an eight. And there is a very spiky exterior mm -hmm. to eights at times who, at least, uh, especially when they're young, right. it's, um, there's daggers pointed outward, mm -hmm. but it's all in protection of a very soft inner core. Right. And knowing that about the eights in your life can be very valuable, that there is a very soft heart in most eights mm -hmm. that is being protected by this very spiky exterior. Right. They are working very, very hard to make sure that heart is safe. So we said this in, in our podcast on sevens, but this is a new epiphany for me, is that the heart's message, and this is a um, in Enneagram circles, this is one of the most important lists. The heart's message that eights need to hear is I will not betray you mm -hmm. because they have that soft inner core. Yeah. The message I will not betray you is explicitly said in this space of the harmony triad. It's yeah. it's that um, I will not betray you allows the eight to be open in a relationship, engage a relationship at a heart level to, to awaken their, their insides, mm -hmm. 
to the lives of others and not feel as though they're going to be harmed and not feel as though they're weak for doing so. Right. If you know you will not be betrayed, you don't have to fight. Right. And so that that um, that message that we need to the eights need to hear from those who love them, for that they need to hear from the God who loves them is allows them to enter a place of submission. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that what the Hurits posture is? For consent, eights, yeah. It's consent. Yeah. It's I'm going to talk about consenting. Well, I'm eight. I'm thinking a lot about like while we're talking about this, I'm thinking a lot about um, the story, the secret garden. Okay. Which is for for our purposes, there's there's a, a a garden that nobody's allowed into, and and when that garden is cultivated, it is this beautiful, amazing, life giving space. When it's not cultivated, it's full of death and weeds, oh. and it is completely secret. It's hidden from the rest of the world, and this little girl. F- discovers it and starts cultivating it and it ends up breathing life back into the entire community that she's a part of and in the same way when eights allow their garden to be exposed to the rest of the world when they they move into that space of of feeling comfortable with other people um and it it probably won't be everyone, but maybe one or two uh, to start with that that like really leaning into that idea that they won't be betrayed by this person. They start to see that garden flourish mm. because it's not being hidden anymore. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's an image. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about the, the woman who comes to Jesus with an alabaster jar of perfume. Mm-hmm. She breaks it open, and Lewis says that that jar is her heart, mm-hmm. and the perfume that's broken out is the scent and fragrance of her life opening mm-hmm. up in these profound ways. And then he has this great little tag. He says, until she does that, the material inside smells more like sewage. Mm, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like there is something about us awakening to the lives and uh, love of other people. It's mm-hmm. absolutely essential to what's in our hearts being healthy. Right. Otherwise, it's a coffin. Right. You, know, you can go down these metaphors all day long right. if you want to in yep. terms of cloistering yourself off. Yeah. Um, mixed metaphors. This actually brings us to the shadow. Often eights fearing that they may be controlled may push into unhealthy... Um, seeking of trying to control other people. Right, yeah. The, this is the materialization and relationships mm-hmm. of that shadow side. Yeah. Um, this all starts with their fear of being controlled. Yeah. So you want to talk about their fear? Or being being dominated or... Um, yeah, it's the weakness side there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's any way that, that my weakness is exposed means that someone else can take advantage of it. Yeah. And, and that's what betrayal is about, too. One of the places I see this most in eights isn't with themselves. It's with eights who are parenting their young, mm-hmm. who often aren't eights themselves. Right. But the parent is very aware of the weak. I think you said this in a podcast in the past. It stuck with me because, of all things, I watched uh, one of our favorite movies. I watched How to Train Your Dragon the oh, other excellent. day. Yeah. Father in there. Uh-huh. Maybe an eight. Yeah. Who is very concerned with the strength. Mm-hmm. Of his child, yeah, and Hiccup just isn't exhibiting the the Viking manliness that right. is expected, right? And that colors that relationship. Mm-hmm. But the fear of being weak for the eight, how how they 
elevate their children, mm-hmm. raise their children. Yeah. Seems to expose that more yeah. than you would normally see in just the life right. of an eight. Well, and even um, when eights are really healthy, when they're in places of, of like good security, they're they because of that pr- natural protection of vulnerability. They will use their sh- their incredible amounts of strength and energy to protect others, and like they're they're very good justice warriors. They're they're looking out for the underdog. But also, and and this comes out in a, a lot of the sort of shadowy kind of ways, they have a hard time tolerating weakness in others. Mm-hmm. They will protect people who are being taken advantage of, but they have a distaste for weakness. Makes them less safe if the people they're surrounded with don't have what it takes. Right. And can't protect themselves. Yeah. Oh, because then you're a burden to me. And um, because if you require me to protect you, then I am at your mercy. There's a tribal side to this. I mean, if you're, you, you know, if you grow hundreds of thousands of years of evolution is going to create tribal critters. Right. And if, you know, there are some in the pack who aren't able to keep up that mm. actually is a danger to everyone else right being aware of the weaknesses that uh, of all things being aware of the weaknesses might be a very positive thing mm-hmm. but how you relate to engage those yeah. who are weak yeah ends up being a thing is it a good thing for eights to tell the weak to you know brawn up <laughs> sometimes stronger sometimes maybe sometimes it's very much more like how to train your dragon where he, he is upset at the weakness in his son because his son is not displaying strength in the way that he wants him to yep. instead of letting his son be himself. We've brought up Martin Luther King Jr. in the past, mm-hmm. but there's a healthy eight yeah. speaking over those who are being abused mm-hmm. and saying you have the strength to, to do this right? and elevating that right. through rhetorical power that right. you, you have what it takes, embrace this, be mm-hmm. the... Strong ones that you're made to be. Yeah. This uh, fear of being controlled, feeling weak, moves into the heart. And we've said this in the past. Fear is the first domino, and it moves into our hearts first as sin mm-hmm. materializes for eights as lust. Yeah. And, of, of course, we always say, uh, well, that seems kind of strange. What do you mean by that? So lust and eights. Well, we definitely don't specifically mean sexual lust. Yep. So this is a really interesting turn here because that that desire to hide insecurity, weakness, and vulnerability, that when it moves into that heart, when it becomes that that sin, it becomes this, this sort of animalistic desire for fuller experiences. To go back to the radar image, mm-hmm. intensity of experience, yeah. which is what lust really is. I right. want more and more yes. intense experiences yes. allows me to engage the world, you know, at that level. I understand exactly where I am if I have these intense experiences. Right. And yet yeah. that can be a very dark way to process and engage the world. Right. We always use the uh, ice cream metaphor with sevens. And the way that the ice cream metaphor translates with eights is not about having more ice cream, but about having the, like, creamiest ice cream. Yeah. 
Yeah. I imagine here, though, especially for eights in terms of how they are in the world, it's going to be a very power-focused lust. Yes, yeah. So I want, I want intensity of, of, like, it's not enough to simply have control. I want to have domination, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to break other people's necks cleanly, quickly, and whenever I want to. That is the lustful side of power. Right. It's not just enough to, no, 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 I got this under control. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know. We got this. Yeah. He's got a lid on it. Yep. I am in control. Mm-hmm. Nope. There needs to be a very aggressive posture of control here. Right. And it's not just about like like that is a great example for for control over others. Mm-hmm. But it this extends into all aspects. That's like sure. sexuality yep. is actually one of the the best ways to sort of visualize this, but but take that same concept and move it to all things. It's mm-hmm. it's about the way that my family is. It's about the way that I consume food. It's about uh, driving. It's about it's about my work environment. It's it's all of those things. It's about the intensity of experience and and a power and control. And so so lust drives them to elevating intensity over everything else. Yeah. Is there a control element to lust? I've never paired these, but uh, traditionally thinking of lust in a sexual way, I am able mentally to do whatever I wish with object X Mm -hmm. in my fantasy life, and that's the lust. So materialized, in it's like I can do whatever I want with you power-wise. Yeah. Well, and and so I'm... We live in a town that is uh, very heavily populated with people who work in the oil and gas industry. And a lot of those people have very big trucks. With nut sacks hanging off the back. Uh, there are an awful <laughs> lot of testicles hanging off the back of trucks in our town. And and yeah, if that's this true, we're not judging you. Yeah. It's just, they're funny. Yeah, and this isn't judgment funny. about oil and gas <laughs> people. This is, this is about the type of person who has the biggest truck that they can get, not because they need the biggest truck they can get, but because it makes them feel powerful. And they navigate that truck in a way that says, F you, I won't do what you tell me. I'm going to drive on this road by my rules, not by yours. If they don't feel safe in the world there's going to be an emotional response. That's the coping style. Right. I'm going to, and that's going to play out in the things you purchase and how you dress and the tattoos you get mm-hmm. and all the rest yep. in terms of it's that spiky exterior. Mm-hmm. Uh, anger going outward to get your bearings. Yep. Lust in the heart is going to move into the head as vengeance. Yeah. That one's a much easier turn than fear of being controlled turning into lust. My favorite story of this recently is that um, my oldest... Uh, has a computer, mm-hmm. their favorite thing in the world. It is all their identity is wrapped up in their computer mm-hmm. presently. So uh, the other day, it's like two years ago, actually, but my, <laughs> my wife and I, my, my child was on the computer for at a moment in time where they weren't allowed to be. Mm-hmm. And so we being good parents, of course, went over and we took the computer. Naturally, yeah. This is part of their identity, their personality. This is their mm-hmm. gateway. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so Augie gets up, walks right into my wife's 
office where she has uh, a cart of markers. My wife worked for, for a long time as a professional artist, and these markers are thousands of dollars, and she's got like a thousand of them. And, and, and I've seen this cart. It is highly organized. Yes, very organized. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that cart got wheeled out of her office uh-huh. through the living room. Uh-huh out the front door uh-huh. and chucked into the middle yep. of our front yard. Perfect. And then <laughs> my kid walked right down the road. I've never seen him do this before. Mm. He l- left our home yeah. for hours. Awesome. It's incredible to me how often I see it in, you know, in, in the life of, in the, in the thought life of a middle schooler, the way that uh, my oldest relates to me, relates to their older brother, or their younger brother, mm-hmm. vengeance is so often yeah. the thing yeah. that is just how how can I get back at this person because mm-hmm. they clearly want to get me right. And nobody wants to get you, bro. Like, <laughs> well, it's this it's it's this perversion of justice. Yeah, because eights are very concerned and in tune with the idea of justice and fairness. So it's vengeance is is the perversion of that. Uh, so you you take justice and you put it in a blender with with fear and lust and it becomes vengeance. Uh, it's also um, it's a way to ensure that if if you have taken my power somehow, I will get back at you. Not just even, but exact revenge enough to make sure that you never do it again. Yeah. It's it's always coming back to that power and control. It's a protection act. And the feeling of weakness, right. et cetera. Yep. Eights will manipulate others relationally out of those places by dominating others, Yeah. by insisting that others meet their demands. Mm-hmm. The materialization of that fear moving into the heart, moving into the mind, moving into the relationships, that's the path. Yeah. This can also materialize in eating disorders and addictions. Uh, The list that Riso and Hudson give in their fantastic The Wisdom of the Enneagram says AIDS will ignore physical needs and problems, avoid medical visits and checkups. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Indulge in rich foods alcohol, tobacco, while punishing self too hard, leading to high stress, stroke, heart conditions. Control issues are central, although alcoholism and narcotics are possible. Mm-hmm. What do you see in that list? Well, you have a lot of... Um, it is unsurprising to me that someone who refuses to acknowledge their own vulnerability wouldn't go to the doctor. super surprising yeah of course they're going to push themselves too hard because if they stop that means they're weak there it is yeah this was the only one of the lists of addictions that mentioned heart disease or like how it would affect your body Mm -hmm. so high stress stroke and heart conditions being the materialization of that anger and not dealing with that anger Mm -hmm. This will eventually have an effect. Do you think that's how you navigate? Do you think that's just about your radar? And it actually, because it's unhealthy, is going to have a physical effect right. on your on your heart. Right, yeah. And likewise, the medical visits. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want people to tell me what to do with my habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't 
want you to tell me that I need to exercise more or eat less or right. eat less rich foods or right. stop smoking. I don't want you to tell me that I am vulnerable in any way because yep. then you have some kind of power over me. To all these, uh, every time we have talked about this list, we've come back to the heart's message. What an eight needs to hear instead is I will not betray you. Mm-hmm. How is How do those go together here? Um, in the in the life of an eight who hears that from the people in their lives from the God who loves them. Well, I think this, um, like we we did talk about this that that like that that message that your vulnerability is not going to be taken advantage of in this space means that it's okay to let some of that out. If you know that I'm not going to betray you, then you can acknowledge the fact that your heart is beating faster than it used to be, mm. and you might go to the doctor because of it. Yep. Or that you just really you just need to slow down. Like If you know that you're not going to be run over, then you might be more comfortable slowing down a little bit. Getting to that spot where you trust that other people have your best interest in mind, and at the same time being aware, I don't need to be strong in that space, mm-hmm. can be a great good. Yep. We have a good set of friends who are a romantic couple. They're an eight and a two. Mm-hmm. And for the eight, allowing that vulnerability for the two who would love nothing more than to say, hey, here are some healthy things you can do for yourself. Actually, right. I'm thinking of one couple. You might be thinking of another, another couple. We I'm actually just, know a few eight yeah. and two <laughs> combinations. It's probably, and it's probably real. Okay, that's a relationship on the arrows, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to at some future podcast. Yep that brings a lot of health. There's yeah. a, a lot of things that are real healthy that could go on in that kind of relationship. But it shows it for an eight and any number in which, you know, the person in the eight's life who has the trust, mm-hmm. who isn't going to attack, injure, take advantage of the eight, yeah. when they can open up, can really be a source of great good. Right. Can you open up your heart, and that's when the perfume comes out. Right. See, that metaphor kind of worked. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another list that Riso and Hudson says for eights, eights will become present to their life only when they're, uh, this is a belief, a belief might, uh, the eight might say, I will become present to my life only when I am totally independent and do not have to rely on anyone for anything. When I feel completely in control of everything and my life is never challenged, then I will show up. I want to say two things about this. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, there's 9 billion people on this planet. It's just not going to happen. You're just, you you can't, you, you could move into the woods and build a cabin and live entirely on your own. And you would be alone for the rest of your life. And that's one way of describing what we're talking about. It's just people controlling you. I mean, like presently at the time of this recording, there's a virus going right, around yeah. that is uh, potentially pandemic and yeah. you can't control that either. And, but if you live in the woods where nobody else comes, then maybe. Oh, I suppose that's true. Well, but it does get into my point number two, yeah. which is you are not God. So you are not in control of there's so many things happening in the universe that you have just no control over and thinking that you might be able to control your own sphere ignores the fact that the universe is way bigger than you. It's going to squash you like a 
bug. <laughs> Lots of eights who are preachers love this topic. Sure. I've heard so many who want to talk about exactly what you yeah. were saying in yeah. terms of, because they realize, and we'll get to this when we get to health. In order to get healthy for an eight, you, you have to let that go. Right. Right. And understand that it's all a delusion yep. that you could ever be strong enough to control all the things. Right. If you are, if you allow yourself to kill your need to always be strong, never be controlled, it actually opens up the world to you mm -hmm. in fantastic ways. And this actually is the move. When eights rest, when they consent, what is it? Consent yeah, to consent or allow stillness. This is Chris Heritz's recommendation for eights, who is himself an eight. Yeah. When eights consent to stillness, what actually happens is they realize that they have the independence that they've always craved. Mm -hmm. They actually are allowed to rely on others, uh, that they actually have control of the significant things that they need to be in control of. Mm -hmm. And stillness allows us to see rest, solitude, Sabbath, um, fasting, these are practices, spiritual practices that create space for us to have self-understanding. Mm -hmm. And that's what eights who rest and consent to stillness yeah. will discover. And you can start to see that you probably are the strongest person in the room and you don't need to prove that to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. Yeah. And of all things, we don't care. Right. Because we're not interested in taking your cookies. Right. You, like, like, we love you and are so glad you're in our life. You bring so much joy. Why would we want to attack you? Yep. Signals that eights are moving into unhealth. Riso and Hudson list uh, feeling that they must push and struggle to make things happen. Struggling for self-sufficiency. Or Be demanding self-sufficiency. Ooh, that's a better yeah. word. Come on. Feeling the need to toughen up to get more resources to protect themselves. Yeah, man up, cowboy up. Isolation Awful. and brooding. That was that was oh, one that got yeah. me. That's the, the guy in the cabin in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Let's move to five, yeah? Yeah. Paranoid feelings of betrayal. Yeah. That's again, vengeance and paranoia mm -hmm. go together. Sure. And par that's a, anyway. Lack of empathy and hard-heartedness. Obviously, that's a constant struggle. Episodes of rage and violence and striking back against enemies. These are all wake-up calls. Yeah. These are all signals that you are moving to unhealth. And obviously, those are hard to hear at times. But here's the thing. What the eight wants is freedom. Mm -hmm. But they are going to settle for control. Right. And that materializes itself here. Yeah. So you push for control, control, control. And none of these things, these are all wake-up calls because they're all, you know, the fruit of, of your shadow. Right. Yeah. But you want freedom. Yeah. That's the thing. What happens when eights let go of their addiction to self-protection? Well, we get to see healthy, whole human beings that uh, bring out power and and protection and a, a lot of goodness. And, and so we talk about uh, holy ideas for all of the types. Uh, this is a way that they refract and and sort of take in a bigger truth, uh, uh, something, uh, an aspect of the divine. And the holy idea for eights is holy truth, which is beautiful. It's um, eights being concerned about justice, being concerned about who is vulnerable and who is not, and that 
quick thinking how the world works and and who has the power and all of that when they move into those spaces of significant health when they allow rest and and stillness to infect them and start to move away from some of their shadow they start to see the truth of how the world works and part of that truth is that they are not god part of that truth is that they do have strength and power and that they have something worth sharing on the inside. In all the body types, the acknowledgement of God's control is going to be central to health. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll talk about that with nines. We have talked about that with ones. Ones need to know that God is ordering all things and ones don't need to fix everything. Eights, in terms of truth, here's the truth. You want to be protected, and the living God is your protection. And you are not going to live one day longer than God wants you to, and you're not going to die until then. You are entirely surrounded by the God who loves you and has created you for meaningful purposes and will never be betrayed, and that is the truth. And Mm -hmm. you are made that way so you can be a shield to everybody else because you are fantastic at that. Mm -hmm. There's another Martin Luther King image um, stabbed when he was young by a... Um, by a woman who was crazy, who was, you know, read about his work for justice Mm -hmm. when he was young. It ends up being a scar on his chest that was in the shape of a cross. And every morning he woke up, knew that his life could have been taken before, but he was protected. And he has this big cross on his chest. He's going to get assassinated. It is going to be the case that all the control that he may intuitively desire is going to be ripped away. Mm -hmm. And yet that man lived a life that is praiseworthy in which he went to bat for justice and advocacy for the weak Mm -hmm. in ways that are world-changing. Right. And, and in that sense of sort of refracting that aspect of the divine, uh, Martin Luther King is a, is a great example of showcasing truth because he's not, he's not just protecting the weak. He's also calling out the terrible behavior of the people in charge. He's drawing our attention to the ways that the world is still practicing racism. Can't do that. If you are protecting yourself the whole time, right. either right, he uh, in marching and putting himself in places, and obviously all those who are around him putting them play themselves in places where they may be injured. That's the thing that actually is the door, right? You know, I've I've said this. You know, I teach um, aggressive nonviolence, and as uh, you know, when thinking about the the good life and talking about morality and political philosophy, the Civil War is fought about race and 625,000 Americans die in that fight about race and the place that uh, black folk will take in the American experiment and it doesn't do what we want it to do. Black culture has moved from indentured servitude, one form of racism, into a totally different form of slavery. Right. And now it's an economic slavery. Right. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a you drink at this water fountain and not that water fountain sort right. of slavery. Civil War doesn't actually solve the race problem. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. opens up the door to the solution for the race problem. Right. And it's this, it is, this is why this is important. It is moving against his type in terms of I'm not going to protect myself. 
I'm going to aggressively, nonviolently take blows in order to change my culture. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it also specifically highlights the, the abuse against him. Like, this is one of the things about... Ooh, go there. I know so, exactly where you're going. So you sit at a counter in which you're not allowed to sit at. Mm -hmm. You're not just showing that the rule, like, like it, it's not just about the ability to sit in the counter. It is highlighting specifically that there is someone who is going to violently prevent you from doing that. Yeah. King's behavior is not just about trying to change things. It's also about exposing the people who are doing the things that are bad. <laughs> I I hate the way that I'm saying this because it sounds no. so stupid. Um, it's where it's you. Ex that's exactly what the uh, strategy is. Is I'm going to expose your dysfunction. Yeah. By aggressively and nonviolently entering spaces where I know I will be abused. Yep. The, it's uh, not just about the fact that black people are not allowed to sit at the counter. It's the fact that white supremacists are going to be violent yep. towards black people sitting at the counter. Paul writes in, I think there's a second Corinthians. He says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm -hmm. And this is actually what we see in nonviolent movements right. is I will take the blows and it will appear as weakness, but what's really taking place is I am stronger than anyone else mm -hmm. because I can take your toxicity. Right. This is Jesus on the cross. Jesus is on the cross is naked and pinned to a tree, and yet at that moment is the strongest of human souls. Right. His work there and um, sacrifice there ends up being world-changing mm -hmm. for, for countless millions of people. Right. And it is strength exhibited because I surrender to the weakness. Right. And yet in that weakness... I'm stronger than anyone else. Right. It's a, it's produces the virtue of, well, so eights in embracing holy truth, God's truth over them. It produces the virtue of innocence mm -hmm. in them. You want to talk about innocence and eights? I think there, there's two, this, this is twofold in, in what I'm thinking about right now. Um, and, and first and foremost is that your vulnerabilities are not weakness. Your vulnerabilities are actually part of your innocence. Yeah. And so exposing the inner life and, and letting other people into that draws out your own innocence. And and like that is a great good. And that's something that you should be cultivating because because it like think of it like the wall protecting the, the inner child, when that wall starts to come down, then the inner child gets to come out. Mm -hmm. It's also the case that in, in what we were just talking about with the civil rights movement, it also highlights innocence in a way that in nonviolent, aggressive nonviolence, you also have the opportunity with innocence to sort of enact justice in ways that 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 keep you from being corrupted yeah you think it often is it's a mistake to think that that violence has utility and can actually produce the justice that you're seeking right this is actually a lie the, right. the, the redemptive violence uh, is, is a myth um it is actually in the self-control that comes 
with understanding oneself, the world around you, pushing into those places of innocence that actually has restorative effects. Right. Innocence is the opposite of vengeance. Yeah. On the opposite side, Gandhi obviously says an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Right. And there's a reason. It's because violence is cyclical. Right. And it just it's a destructive force that once unleashes a it's a it's a pandemic. Right. It just it infects everybody. Until somebody says, I won't let it infect me. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely self chosen. Yep. And I'm gonna be a place that's gonna stand and be a bulwark against, you know, everybody else's lunacy. Right. And I will let you attack me. And because I am innocent, your attack looks that much the weaker. That's it. People who have a heart for goodness, radar for goodness, they're attracted to that. And that's how the world changes. Right. Some healing attitudes for eights. Maybe this person isn't out to take advantage of me. Mm, Yeah, maybe. That's the, 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 snark- <laughs> the snarky. Just poke. Um, maybe I can let down my guard a little more. Maybe give it a try. Maybe I could let my heart be touched more deeply. And I know I can hear a lot of eights. I, I can hear voices of people that I know that are going, ugh, this sounds gross. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but also maybe these things are true. Here's the thing. Eights will know this because insecurity, they've experienced this. You feel secure, and you naturally, by grace, this is always how security on the high side works. When God's grace comes upon you, you will feel your heart opening and becoming caring, you know, like healthy twos. And it's the the movement of the arrows. If I, we're going to do this sometime this year, but the movement of the arrows, if you go to the high side of your security number, is this gracious awakening um, and you know what that feels like, mm-hmm. and that's you at your best self. Uh, what do uh, healthy eights bring to other people? Well, when when eights get healthy, when they do this work, when they spend time on allowing their their inner child out and allowing their vulnerabilities to be seen by other people, then they actually get to showcase. Uh, we've talked about truth. We also get clarity. Uh, eights have absolutely no problem stepping into leadership when leadership is needed so we get a good authority and um we we mentioned this but we didn't say it directly but eights use conflict as a way of sort of testing the power and and on the healthy side of that eights are completely comfortable with confrontation when it's needed it's great there's a lot of folks who are knuckleheads who need to be confronted Seriously. in ways that are aggressive yep. and potent yep. and drive toward the good of others. Yeah. This is actually, I haven't thought about this. What we need in our world right now is more AIDS. Mm-hmm. We need more AIDS who are for. We need more healthy AIDS. On the political extremes, left and right, presently, we need more people who are able to speak against those who are you are using fear and shame to gain and leverage political control. Yep. Just say this isn't how the world works, right. pal. Right. And I don't care if you think that you will have, you know, dominance over me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, you'll be able to shame me in front of all the other sheep. You'll be able to push me into a corner because yeah, that's, that's not, not how this is going to work. Eights don't have shame. You are doing this wrong. This isn't how we ought to be. Right. And you need to, you know, you need to stop. Yep. Or you need to resign. Yep. Speaking truth Just to power. depending on what your job is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there is something about confrontation that can come across as kind of a negative, but right. actually... It can be awesome. He, like, people are messed up. Yep. When it's and, good and healthy and, and eights can show us how to do it. Protective challenger. Yep. And you're not doing that for yourself. That actually is the move. Right. This is self This is you were doing it for other people. Right. And that matters. Yep. Um, leadership style. Often eights are going to take leadership positions, especially when they're healthy. Right. There's just a magnet there for most people of saying this person uh, should be given authority in yep. situation X, Y, and Z. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, they're quick thinkers. They're they're they've decided on what is the right thing to do well before everyone else has finished saying their piece. And and they're they've got a plan in place and they're ready to move. Um, sometimes they're already moving like this. This kind of take the reins when other people aren't doing it is so great when it's healthy. Yep. Once you embrace the fact that you may get injured inside, but you're going to take it and allow your heart to be big. My one of my favorite words is magnanimous. We've mm-hmm. used that a handful of times with so AIDS, good. but that you are exuding life from that space. Just uh, the rest of us need that because you become that rock for right. everybody else. Right. And that's you at your best. Any last words on the eights? Nope. Friends, it would mean the world to us if you pause, take two seconds, write us a brief review, give us some stars on your podcast platform of choice. That will take you two seconds. Just do this for us because you love us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Around the Circle Podcast. One of the best things, however, that you could do is share this episode or others with those that you love. If uh, our dig into pop culture is something that you're interested in, you can help us select upcoming series on our Patreon page. Or you could just support. I suppose you don't even have to recommend something if you want to give us money. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> we'll take your money. We actually uh, are, are we're almost in the black for uh, the work that we do, and we would love your help. So but that is linked on our Twitter account, and you could become one of our first 20 or so followers. That'd be great. Because people just love doing Enneagram work on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) He's CJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't isn't interesting. Go be who you are, and you're going to set the world on fire. We'll come burning.